Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is time for a fresh edition of Colts Neuro Chat. We are coming in hot today on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm Jeremy Barron, and I'm joined, per usual, by Robbie Dunn. How you doing, Robbie? Maybe you're uh, coming in hot, but I'm ice cold <laughs> after my after after my prediction about Koke. He he started and one man of the match after I said that. Look, we're probably looking at the end of his career. <laughs> Well, this is why we do the podcast, so we can reflect on these failed predictions. One of many reasons. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I can uh, so I can be reminded of how wrong I am so frequently. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I'm, we will get into it. But I, I think um, yeah, I got I got that one wrong. And and uh, and while I think there is a nuance to it, yeah, it was he did start with him, and it looks like Diego Simeone has not absolutely not given up on Coke yet, like I had. And we are going to be talking about Koke, Robbie, in the context of uh, another great European night for Atletico on Tuesday, going to Old Trafford and beating Man United 1-0, 2-1 on aggregate to advance to the Champions League quarterfinals. Second time in three years, and the first time Atleti will be taking part in a two-legged quarterfinal since 2017. That was the first year we did Colt Nero, Chad, Robbie. Yeah, yes, a long time ago, plenty has happened, Um this season has dragged on a little bit, but we'll get there. And <laughs> yeah, we've been doing it for quite a while now. So e- even with United in the state they're in, Robbie, and, and we'll talk about why they're in this state and if that had 
how much that had to do with with these two results. Um, United are still a big club. Like this is still a big deal because uh, you think man United, you think the, their size and you think their history and their financial might and the talent they have, the names they have, the money they can spend. So th- this is still a big deal. Um, but why why couldn't United get going? Was it was it a function of a, a dysfunctional? team in a dysfunctional club or did Atletico go out and, and take this game what would your analysis be of what happened in this second leg the analysis is that this is a club with deep rooted problems and the pro- and, and part of the problem is that that every single failure like this um, no no sorry not 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 failure it doesn't have to necessarily be a failure but every game every massive game that they play or it, it's like a um, it's like every game is like a mini earthquake in Manchester United and whether they win oh my god they're back this is it Manchester United or this is Manchester United and and likewise when they lose and it's it's a case of um oh the root and branch approach everything needs to be torn down and started fresh and it just there there, there doesn't seem to be any um uh, no sorry there is there is um the truth of it is that this club needs to be torn down and started fresh as in from the, the, the way that they recruit and the way that they did the style of play that they want to play, want to go with uh, what their philosophy is on on, on everything from 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 top to bottom um, and I think that looking at it in at one game at a time it's it's pointless because this is the reality of Manchester United situation and no matter how many and this is the problem with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer he he, he, he had a couple of games there that looked okay and, and every single person knew looking at it going this is not going to last they don't have a, a philosophy they don't have um, any any uh, plan as to what they're trying to do they're buying uh, old players to trying to solve this problem and I think that that's what we saw on the field last night was just like a, I don't actually know what they were trying to do they didn't they, 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 they had a lot of the ball but it wasn't like they, they didn't create anything they didn't get the ball into the box they they weren't like pressing crazily uh, when, when Atletico uh, did have it I just think it was a complete mess from from Man United, and like you said there at the start, it was a wonderful performance, and that's so true because we can talk about um, sorry, not performance, but result. We we can talk about Atletico not playing well and having our doubts about Diego Simeone and some of the players, but the, but the reality is that Simeone said it after the match that the fans are going to remember this night forever, and that's the that is. The, the long and the short of it, we can talk about advanced analytics and metrics and statistics and anal- and analyze it uh, until we were we're we're hoarse in the throat. But the reality is, or the truth is, that Manchester United or Atletico Madrid had a had a massive European night last night. No matter how they played, no matter how you feel like they played, they won it. And uh, it's it's and Manchester United are a big club, so uh, that's that's the, yeah, that's the long and the short of it. And it's not lost on me that we've had over the course of our discussions throughout this season, Robbie, that we've had several of these same concerns about Atletico, a team that didn't seem to have a whole lot of direction, a team that was just scraping results and hoping it would result in in a corner being turned and then having to revert to square one. But over these past five weeks or so, uh, we've seen a serious change. And Simeone said this after the game on on Tuesday night that the spirit, the team spirit has been greatly improved since the win at Osasuna last month. 
and Atleti are now unbeaten in six with five wins, securing progress in the Champions League and moving back into the top four in La Liga. Uh, I'm reading from Laurie Whitwell in The Athletic right now, uh, his column earlier today. Uh, Simeone, meanwhile, marches on. His brand of football may be unpalatable at Old Trafford, and he was pelted with drinks as he ran down the tunnel. But with two league titles and two Champions League finals, he has a record the modern United can only dream about. And that's probably a pretty good summation of where these two clubs are. It's both a combination of really good work done by Simeone and Atletico over the past several years and the opposite taking place at United since Sir Alex Ferguson left. And I I think that's a cautionary tale for Atletico because Simeone is, for all intents and purposes, now practically this club's Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, and, and, and like I said there, they got the result, and this is what Simeone does. He gets results. When the results stop coming, the, the criticism starts to roll in because he's not developing players. Uh, it's not a particularly aesthetically pleasing style of football, and it's there's no redeeming qualities, really, about the way <laughs> the, 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 style, the style of uh, how, he, how he plays. So that, that And that's why the criticism feels so pointed and, and maybe is, is, is so strong sometimes. Sometimes. But uh, yeah, he, he got the result last night, and I think I think um, yeah, and this is probably true, and this is probably for uh, a, a discussion for a like it's a kind of a broader topic. But uh, and I think that this like Atletico are one of the teams that fall into this. Uh, sorry, um, Spanish teams in general have been struggling are struggling a little bit to kind of get up to speed with um, the the modern. The evolution of tactics, scouting, and data analytics, and you look at a team like Liverpool, and they're light years ahead of Manchester United in terms of their recruitment. Like, and I understand that that seems that way because um, it seems that way because. Jurgen Klopp is there and he is, is such a good manager and he's got them playing so well and everything just seems to flow a little bit easier but you've got a guy like Ruben Diaz who just slots in seamlessly and, and I understand that as I said it's because Klopp is playing such a distinct style of football but they signed him because of that and they, now they've signed players that suit that style of football it's not 10-15 years ago a lot of it was just kind of hit and hope and, and, and you were just buying players and spending loads of money and some of them worked out and it was just and I understand that there's loads of risk and loads of mitigating factors in, in um, it's uh, as to why a transfer can succeed or fail but Liverpool and, and those kind of clubs who are more data focused are, are getting um way more bang for their buck and they're, they're getting way more um, uh, there, there's way more hits than there is misses so I think Atletico yes they're driven by Simeone I don't know what they're going to look like when when um, when he's gone and, uh, and and when he will leave but uh, yeah Simeone got the, got the result last night and, and it seems like while they are two teams in similar situations I think they're slightly different in some ways too and you mentioned Liverpool and Manchester City as well, and those are two clubs that are run very well and are firmly focused on sports science and, and digging into the data. Um, something else that they've pioneered that Pep and Klopp have pioneered in England is that more often than not, they're playing without a recognized number nine. And this is what Simeone and Atletico have done a good chunk of this season with Luis Suarez falling out of favor due to age and physical condition. In this game, Tuesday night at Old Trafford, Robbie, uh, Simeone chose to pair Joao Felix and Antoine Griezmann at the point of attack. And I'd say that that duo uh, did the job. 
contributing to the game's only goal from Renan Lodi, who we're going to talk all about in just a few minutes here. Um, Griezmann, in particular, I think had an absolutely outstanding night. I'm going to read a couple stats for you here from Griezmann's night. Um, 26 pressures attempted, let all players, uh, in the game. Four tackles attempted, 2-1. Made a couple interceptions, got the assist on Lodi's goal, and uh, completed 33 of his 43 passes attempted. Uh, His... I think pretty clearly his his best game since returning to Atletico. He also won four headers and made seven recoveries and dropped deep to play right wing back in the second half. Pretty clearly, I think, his best game since returning from Barcelona. Yeah, and he, he kind of sacrificed himself a lot last night, kind of slotting in uh, at right back, at the, especially in the first half when, when Mark or um, Jaden Sancho was kind of getting a run on Llorente and mm-hmm. Rodrigo de Paul was struggling to get over there to to to, um, to to kill that space. But it's kind of funny, though, because I, I, I think that you said earlier that Atletico, that they're changing form. And, and like... And I know I've written about it, and and I thought that there was something happening, but then I looked at last night, and I know that like they won, and it was amazing. That that was amazing in itself, and 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 it was a really good result, and they grounded out. I, 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 I don't. I'm not entirely sure that they've actually improved all that much, and I don't think that. I I, I just worry that this Atletico team, Madrid team, could be completely embarrassed if they come up against a team that knows what they're doing, like. Um, mm. I mean, you look at, and I understand that Paris Saint-Germain are, 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 are embarrassment at, at the, <laughs> they were an embarrassment at the Bernabeu. Yeah. But, but when you when you see some of their passing and some of their moves, it was so slick. And, and aside from the last 30 minutes, some of their movement in midfield was just absolutely incredible. And likewise, even when you watch someone like Real Madrid or that, and their, their movement around the middle is so slick and... Um, uh, at times, and, and like a Manchester City or a Liverpool, like if Atletico and Atletico could get maybe Benfica or someone like that, and and, and they might um, they might kind of be be able to hold their own. But I just worry uh, against a top team, they they might completely collapse because when when I was saying that. I I thought I knew what Simeone was trying to do. He was trying to kind of play a more dynamic. Uh, the system with, with with more speed and more intensity, but like playing Koke in the middle again last night, and then I don't know. I just don't. I I'm just not convinced, and I know that that sounds completely. Um, uh, I'm kind of I suppose pissing on everyone's parade. You're pouring cold just, water on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I am. Like, but I just. I, I'm just not con- I'm just not com- completely convinced yet that they have turned a corner because, like, I just, I just I'm just so I was just very disappointed with how poor, poorly Manchester United played. Even and, and everyone's talking about how this was vintage Atletico, vintage Simeone. It wasn't. Manchester United never even landed a blow really. Like, and 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 I think it it helps that that that. Savage and Jimenez are there now, yeah. um, playing, and they're 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 a lot more solid, and you do kind of believe in them more. And John O'Black looked a bit shaky at the start last night, even going for a couple of um, corners and stuff, and he looked shaky. And after he won them, and and once he made that save from Alanga that hit off his head, he did settle into it a bit more. And I think that, and 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 this is what's so interesting too about football. And 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 Koke said that last night that it's all about runs, like it's all about. Um, 
it, it's it's a state of mind almost like it's it's like getting back to that confidence we can win and other teams kind of feeling that when you go on the field and you know when you're going through a poor run and everything is going wrong and and I understand that but that doesn't mean that the fundamental style or system has changed at all and I just think that um, that Atletico we saw earlier on like we even saw it against Caddies for a while and, and, and I'm not entirely sure why he took Koke off maybe his hamstring wasn't right and that's why he took him off but I thought he took him off because he realised this just isn't working with him and the team he's, he's too slow and uh, uh, and I yeah I, I just I'm just not convinced and I think Man United like they barely even got the like you know the way you know the way when uh, for example you used to feel it when Atletico were playing Barcelona or someone or even Real Madrid and teams like that where the last five minutes when you're leading or drawing it's like oh my god hold on to your seats because this is you're, this is going to be it's so nerve-wracking they're throwing the ball into the box and they're, they're, they're driving up the field Man United barely even did that I mean Rashford got Rashford got a ball out on the right hand side with maybe thir- maybe a minute left or 30 seconds left and it was like this could be the last chance and he slowed down and he didn't really know and mm-hmm. I was like I was kind of looking, going like, "Yeah, I don't know. This this Manchester United team have haven't have barely landed a blow on Atletico, and and um, and and that's why the Champions League, I think, is such a like that's why Real Madrid won three in a row. They weren't the best team in it, by nowhere close to being the best team in it. But they knew how to get through those games, and that's why Atletico might <laughs> manage their way all the way to a final and could even win it I don't know uh, but at the same time it'll it, they'll do it playing and I'm, I'm just still not convinced that this is uh, this uh, this is vintage Simeone yeah imagine if this is the year they actually win the Champions League that would be hilarious given all the struggles they've had uh, with the identity and with the playing style and with players being injured or suspended um, and I think that's a well taken point is that Atletico have, have hit kind of a, a softer portion of their schedule which is the the perfect time to start accumulating wins and accumulating points and psychologically it's really important to win winning cures a lot of ills and a lot of bad things that could go on in the dressing room um, and I, I think there have been tangible steps to change how Atleti play and a lot of that is down to uh, Reynaldo who I seem to be mentioning on every pod of late but he really has been that important just completely wiping out everything on the left hand side last night as he's done multiple times since Simeone decided to, to start him right away um, and I, Joao Felix is pressing as well. The team-wide pressing ha- has been much improved. There's been a lot more running, uh, generally speaking. Um, Joao Felix has attempted at least double-digit pressures in five of the last six games, which this is a guy who would not who wouldn't run. Like the past the last two years, he wouldn't really do a whole lot of running, and it would it would cost him. Simeone would be telling him to run, and he would start him on the bench to try to make a point. Now he's an undisputed starter, and part of that is because he is working a lot harder and good things are happening to him. He plays that back heel for Griezmann before the cross to Lodi. Um, and I, I think a, a couple very subtle tweaks have been made. Uh, in, the, in the first half on, on Tuesday, Atleti were caught sitting deep, and United couldn't punish them. Uh, there was a, a bit of a let-off. El Black had to make a couple saves. The one on Elanga, which he just headed out of his own goal, was incredible. Mm-hmm. Then he made uh, one on Bruno Fernandez, another on Rafael Varane just before halftime. It was a corner that shouldn't have 
been awarded. Referee should have blown up for halftime, I thought. Um, but it was a, a game where a moment of quality can really decide it all. And with United's talent and the squad they have, you would think, you know, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo is the, the one who's going to decide this tie, right? He scored a hat trick at the weekend. He has that quality and that experience and that reputation. But it was, in fact, uh, Joao Felix, Griezmann, and Lodi combining on the other end. And it speaks to the reinvention that has gone on with all three players. Griezmann readapting, Joao working a lot more for the team. And Renan Lodi, who you wrote about a couple weeks ago after his brace against Celta, he just continues to shine, scoring the winner here, overcoming some early nerves to convincingly win that matchup with Yogo Dalot and head in the winning goal five minutes from halftime. Uh, this was a, a bet Andrea Berta made uh, a couple of years ago, and it, it hasn't always been smooth sailing for Lodi. He was in and out of the team last year, and we both criticized him this year and wondered what his future at the club would be. But now you got to think this is a, a player you don't ditch or you don't send him on loan. This is a guy that you look to build around in coming seasons. Maybe he's not a natural fullback. Maybe he's not going to be the next Felipe Luis. That's fine. Uh, but he still has so much to offer. Definitely, yeah. And we, and we have seen something from him in that um, he just looks lighter on his feet now. And he kind of always had that quality. He was very springy. He's very <laughs> like that. But he, mm -hmm. he seems to be he seems to be way more willing now. And he seems to be a little bit freed up from that defensive role. And it's the same with Joe Felix. As you said, he's running a lot more and he's... Um, he's doing a lot more work but that was partly I, I think that was the, the reason why he wasn't doing the run is because he couldn't get a run of games and then Simeone was saying give me a reason to trust you and and then Joe you know, Felix was looking at him saying why should I do this why should I do this when um, when when you don't trust me and Simeone was saying well you're going to have to give me a reason to trust me and, 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 and for a player who just signed for 126 million euro and, and uh, who, who who's, who's probably young and, and um, uh, not as humble as he might become in coming years he was probably going no play me and I'll show you what I can do on the ball and mm. with Simeone there's that kind of and, and there was a standoff there and I think that I, I, I'm not entirely sure it did, and this actually is something that Simeone does quite often with his players and he challenges them and, and he, he sits them on the bench and says and, and to see how they're going to respond and um, a lot of guys just don't make it through that uh, we saw with Thomas Lamar um, and we saw with a lot of other players in the past and they just they just can't cope with, with that and um, I, I don't but I also don't know if that's genius Simeone I just think that that's uh, Joe Felix taking like like the goal against Manchester United. Or, well, the Osasuna game was kind of like felt like a turning point, and that he played him. He he got the he got a goal, and then he got the assist for Suarez, and I was like, okay, this uh, this that's brilliant from Joe Felix. Fine, and then the Manchester United game. He went out and scored in the eighth minute with a beautiful diving header, and it felt like okay, things have just. Uh, things are just going his way now and I don't think that that's anything down to uh, excellent man management or, or Joe Felix's um, attitude has changed it's just that he he got a little bit of a string of games got a little bit of uh, he got, got a couple of chances early on took them confidence increased and mm -hmm. he, he, he's, he, he's been on that wave ever since and um, 
and and I think as as we've said as well, and and everything's easier when you're winning, and 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 you're more willing to do that work when you are being played, and there's that little bit of trust being built between Simeone and Joe Felix. It feels like now, and I think Simeone can now see what Joe Felix can offer. I think Joe Felix can now see what Simeone wants and why he needs him to do that, and and I think that. Uh, yeah, and and this is uh, this is the kind of thing. Like, and 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 that's the other thing we're talking about Griezmann now, and 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 so Joe Felix and things. Like, th- this has always been a very good squad. It's just a matter of finding the formula to and and getting them playing, uh, getting them on the same page to 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 show how good they are and can be. So um, so yeah, there, there's a there has been massive improvement from from Lottie, Joe Felix, and and individually and then as a result of that collectively and it's uh, it's an awful pity that it didn't happen earlier in the season when there was still a La Liga title to fight for and a Copa del Rey and uh, and, and, and still in Champions League obviously yeah but it's, it's an awful pity it didn't happen before that but uh, it feels like now that they, they uh, are they might ride this wave until the end of the season. What happens in the summer? I've no idea. How they how they recruit in the summer? I've no idea. What the plan is going forward? I've no idea. But uh, yeah, their 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 confidence is is has increased now, and they they seem to be um they seem to be yeah as I said on that wave. And it's about putting players in the best possible position to succeed, and, and Simeone is finding a formula now. Um, Lodi is an incredibly decisive player. Robbie, uh, for a young player as well to have big performances, big moments in his first three seasons. Two years ago, he locks up Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah at the Wada Metropolitano in the first leg against Liverpool. Atletico ultimately win that game in the tie. Last year, he's in and out of the team. His position is uns- is uncertain. He might leave in the summer. He goes and scores the equalizer at Osasuna that keeps Atletico on course for the title. And then this year... He's got the brace against uh, Celta to get it, let him back into the top four or um, start to establish momentum, and then he scores the winner against United. Uh, Diogo Dallo defended this terribly. Um, United, uh, as a whole, defended pretty badly a good chunk of this game. Uh, did you see that that sequence early in the second half when Harry Maguire is just dribbling in his own penalty area? Yeah, yeah. What in the world? The what in the yeah. world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The David de Gea. Ah, look, they, they, like like we were saying there. I mean, that's that's um. This is a Manchester United team that are so unsure of themselves, and they like. Do, do you know what surprised me last night? There was so many missed passes, and when they were trying to get a get get um get a sequence of play going and and trying to trying to build something, there was just these sloppy miscued passes, and I was just like. This is a team of individuals. They don't actually know what they don't know what they're doing. They've no leadership on the field. They've no like they've no organizing principle, and that that should be Ronaldo. But he's he's too old now to to, to be that organizing principle. And 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 I, and I just think that um yeah they were so I, I they were just so disappointing. And and I I I I I I, I, I just listening. Just listening to myself talking here, it's or, or they're kind of thinking through this stuff. Is like, uh, I, I I'm not a huge fan of Simeone's style of football, and and I, I need to stop letting my bias t- towards a more progressive style of football. Uh, I need to kind of accept that that's the way he likes to play, and accept that that is an absolutely legitimate way to play. But like I said, when 
there's no redeeming qualities to this other than winning football games and I, and I just worry like they're out of La Liga now and it's kind of being painted as an incredible wow look at this and I just look and go yeah but what happened for the first seven months of the season? Right, where, where, where was this the first six months of the season? Why is it just now happening that Cholo Simeone is doing a lot of what we've been asking for on the podcast? Yeah, and 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 it's uh, like we 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 talk about this um this uh, it feels very much like Simeone's last two, couple of years have been runs of games, um based on just pure spirit and that's absolutely fine if, if that's what you want to do uh, if that's that's the, that's the style and that's the plan that's absolutely fine but like Atletico were absolutely incredible in the first half of last season incredible built up a, a wonderful lead that, that could never be caught and, and then all of a sudden they just completely collapsed and then they were just riding on fumes on, until until the end and that's incredible they started this season and it was like I don't think it's an exaggeration to say there were games in the to start of this season and and up all the way through to January and and and, and February that were just completely unacceptable and all of a sudden now it's turned into this Simeone's back and never doubt Simeone and it's just I'm just I just don't um know if it's entirely sustainable that kind of a uh, riding on. It's not luck so much as kind of spirit and fo- uh, f- uh, mental fortitude and things like that. And I, I, I guess I just have to kind of unscramble my brain to accept that this is the way it is. But I just watching it and I'm looking going, I don't know if I'm entirely convinced about this. It's getting better. And, and as I said, this is this has been a relatively kind run of games for Atletico. Uh, it's it's good. It's. Winning is good. Winning breeds confidence and, and a whole bunch of other positive things. It can only really be taken as a positive, but at the same time, I think it's reasonable to say, well, let's pump the brakes here. You know, this is a team that for six months out of this season were, for the most part, objectively awful and uh, had no discernible style, had a, really a, a serious disconnect in, in this, the player profiles and how they wanted to play and Simeone not reaching this team. Um it seems as if he's reaching them now. Uh, whether it's sustainable or not, well, I, I guess that's that's the the drama of the season, right? I guess that's a, a storyline that has yet to be written, and we'll see what happens in the Champions League draw later this week. Uh, the there are a bunch of heavy hitters in the last eight, but at least Atletico are in the last eight, and at least they are in the top four in La Liga. For a lot of this season, it looked like it was going to be a doomsday scenario. Now things have stabilized; they've calmed down. Uh, cooler heads are prevailing, but yeah, we'll we'll see how long it lasts because uh, all all it takes is an injury here or a dipping for or a dip in form there to it, it's still there's still a sense that things are fragile and there's still a sense that um, not necessarily that Atletico's players aren't convinced by what's going on. I I think they are and they played with a lot of commitment and as you said a lot of spirit on Tuesday night and that collective intensity as I wrote about this earlier this week this collective sacrifice and intensity no doubt helped them get past Man United. Absolutely. We will have to see how long it lasts and we will have to see how sustainable this is. It looks like it to me, but you know, there's still a dozen games roughly still to go in this season and still a whole bunch to play for. Atletico could lose a lot of money if they don't get into the Champions League next season. 
Yeah, and I'm just looking at the the results. It was exactly a month to the day that they lost to Levante in what was like rock that was bottom. the lowest point. Yeah, that was rock bottom as far as I I'm, as far as uh, well. We've been doing this podcast for a long time, and we've been we've been we've been watching La Liga Atletico for a long, long time, and and that was the worst since uh, I've seen in Simeone's reign. And then Osasuna was good. Uh, uh, then Manchester United a good 45 minutes before they kind of sat back and conceded that goal late and okay Celta Vigo good Betis good and then Cadiz I mean the second half was good but Cadiz are dreadful yeah yeah and last night was pretty awful like, I mean like I know I know people are saying it was but, but, but I just think there were two bad sides and I just can't get that out of my head and I do <laughs> apologise to listeners for being so negative and, and I and I will cheer up uh, well maybe not because they're going to play Rio on, on, on Saturday yeah. and if they beat Rio I'll be upset all over again And no but uh, no but uh, I, I just think that um that uh, yeah, like you said, it's very fragile at the moment. It was. It's only a month ago. Uh, eight eight games. Nine eight games ago, or sorry, six games ago, that they were beaten by Levante. The relegated by they were they're, they're, they're as good as relegated already, and uh, one of the worst La Liga sides uh, we've seen in in quite some time, and they are. Uh, yeah, so there's six games removed from that, and I like you said, it's very, very fragile. Um, a win is a win against Manchester United at Old Trafford. United are are a shadow of the, their former selves, but they still are a massive club with incredible following and um, with world class players. And Atletico went to their stadium and beat them one nil. Incredible, and and I just I, I'll finish on that. Uh, like uh, <laughs> when and no, no, I, I like I do, and I do understand that. And the reason why I'm 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 kind of talking, uh, being a little bit more negative, is because I'm just kind of trying to be a little bit realistic about this whole thing, and kind of not trying to um, drink the Kool Aid too soon. I think. I mean, it makes sense that that you would be hesitant, right? Like, we watched this team all season. They put in some truly dreadful performances for a whole host of reasons that we're not going to rehash on, on this particular show. And I, I think the first half against United was not particularly good. United gained very good positions in the final third. Oblak had to make a couple incredible saves. Last night was his best game of the year, too, by the way. A vintage Jan Oblak, no doubt. Um, and Atleti were defending too deep. It was a trap they'd fallen into several times in the past, especially in big games, and it's come back to cost them. It didn't on Tuesday night, in part because United are, are poor, but in part because as Atletico still offered a threat in transition. And in the second half, I think, was a, a lot better than the first half. Atletico were more aggressive, more spirited, more more sprightly, and I think Cholo played it perfectly, uh, saving um, all of his substitutions for the final 10 minutes, throwing on Felipe and Correa in stoppage time to kind of salt more time away, and that just pissed Ralph Ranić off intensely, but no one's going to care about that. Like, the complaining about the refereeing and the time-wasting, nah, your team just didn't play well enough. It's really that simple. And, and Atletico, I, I think, fully deserved to go through over the two legs, but there is still that sense of, you know, fragility. There's still that sense of there are injured players who have yet to come back. Cunha, Vas, Versalco, Lema, these guys need to be reintegrated when they return to health. How is that going to impact the balance will it upset the balance that Simeone seems to have struck will it uh, be a positive will it be a negative we don't know 
Yeah, and 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 uh, I I didn't actually I heard Ralph Rangnick um um the uh after the pod uh, or sorry after the match on on BT Sport he was he was interviewed and I thought he was very magnanimous in, in defeat and he didn't he didn't complain he just mentioned it it wasn't like too bad but apparently he he complained about the referee and I think that the truth is that. When we are just kind of immune to it, like the 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 um, that's just Spanish football uh, kind of time wasting and taking liberties with with uh, jumping on the ground and 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 kickouts and throw-ins and and stuff like that. So so I'm not really sure, and and I don't think he. I don't think the ref was great. I think the ref there, there probably needed to be a stronger referee for the night, and 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 and, and there was a couple of times when Atletico players probably could have been booked when they weren't, and that gave them more license then to slow the game down. And and whereas if a couple of those guys are on a yellow, it might change the 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 whole dynamic of the game in the last ten minutes. But I don't think the ref made any glaringly poor. It was just kind of consistently below par refereeing I don't, but at the same time I don't think that foul on Elanga was that wasn't, the, or the, that wasn't the, much of a foul no that's not a foul like, no. I don't think that's that's very very soft it, that would have been very very soft I think actually in the build up to that the one where Llorente jumped into Fred after he passed the ball was more of a foul than the Elanga one but there, there, nobody seemed to be complaining about that so um yeah, I, I think I think United were very uh, very naive and 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 that, and, but I, I also didn't really hear. I, I, I thought I thought Ragnick spoke very well after the game to BT Sports. So maybe in his press conference he spoke. It was in his press conference, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I, I I didn't I didn't hear that, but uh, yeah, the um, I think that yeah, I think United were a bit naive in in some ways, but but at the same time, like they didn't even really, as I said, test them. Uh, Atletico so I don't know I like they yeah they were just uh, listless for long 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 periods last night the expected goals according to football reference were pretty close 0.7 for United 0.5 for Atletico and it was decided by that moment of quality that interplay with the DePaul through ball and the interplay between Joao Felix Griezmann and Lodi and United have individual quality but they they don't play as a collective and that is the big problem Simeone got has gotten Atletico to play as a collective unit again, and we'll see how long it lasts. Uh, what is the secret for Simeone against English teams? Since 2014, Atletico have gone to Stamford Bridge and eliminated Chelsea. Uh, they've gone to Anfield and eliminated Liverpool. They went to uh, the Emirates. They went to the King Power on their way to eliminating Arsenal and Leicester from European competition, and then last night at Old Trafford. What's the secret, Robbie? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you. I think... Um... I think the maybe the style of play doesn't doesn't suit doesn't suit uh, or they're not used to it. Um, uh, so some of the, some of the some of the English teams, but I, I I honestly don't know. And I think, but I do also think that this is a team and a and a, a Simeone's teams are built for. Okay, you you laugh because some people might laugh. Listen to me saying this because they lost two Champions League finals, but they're built for the big nights. And if they if you get them on a night when they when when the, when the mood is good and 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 they're just carried by their emotions, they can 
they can beat anyone in the world. And I think that um, that that is probably something that those big European nights suit them. And when they're against the odds and and against uh, against big teams who like to, they just sit back and 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 suffer. And and I think that that's uh, they take pride in that. And, and uh, Rodrigo de Paul said it after the game. He was like saying, "We knew when to attack. We knew when to defend. We knew when to suffer. And this team knows when to suffer. And typically, you'll have to suffer against English clubs." Uh, in 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 the, in the Champions League, and I think that's probably maybe uh, explains some of it at least. Well, I'm not sure. I'd I'd want to draw the other remaining English clubs in the quarterfinals on a Friday. Uh, Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, in all probability. Although Chelsea are having a whole bunch of institutional problems, it might be a decent time to catch them. Uh, the ideal draw for Friday would be the winner of Juve Villarreal or Benfica. So it, it's. A lot of heavy hitters, a lot of big boys in that uh, quarterfinal pot, but at least Atletico are, are there in the last eight, and that is a big deal. Uh, let's talk about a, a cause near and dear to your heart, Robbie. Rio Vallecano, they're Atletico's next opponents this weekend, and things have changed a lot for Rio since uh, they met Atletico in January. They ended the calendar year in a Champions League place, remarkably, but what's happened since? Well, to be honest with you, they were never any good to begin with. As in, and sorry, I, I, I don't mean that. As in, they weren't. Their squad is. You, you, you tend to, you tend to fall to the, to, to the, to the resources available to you rather than rising to the to, to some kind of form or look. And and Rio are a team that are a relegation contenders, and that's the bottom line. And I know. I, I, I was saying, look, relegate, relegation is the, or sorry, avoiding relegation is the main goal here this year, and that's not changing, and and people are getting excited talking about Europe and stuff like that, and I mean, I think Areola is an amazing coach, and and I think they're still playing some nice football. I think he's got a very clear style, and and he he has them believing in themselves, but just in terms of institutional problems uh, and in terms of just yeah rising to the rise or sorry falling to the to the to the limits of the resources that's what's happening right now and this is actually who Rio are rather than what we saw in the first half of the season yeah Rio have uh, they had a, a five game losing skid uh, in February bridging the entire month they didn't they won one game that entire month and that was in fact their last win against Mallorca on February 2nd so it's been a struggle that's seen them fall down the league table to 13th, I think is where they are now. And it also encompasses Copa del Rey elimination. But this game is at Vallecas, Robbie, and Rio have been awfully good at, at home this year. Um, Atletico are coming off this emotional high at Old Trafford. Not sure how heavily Simeone will rotate, giving an international or given an international break is coming up. How do you see this one going? Can Rio spring an upset? Yeah, I think so, and I think that, uh, like, I mean, as I said, as well as I just spent the last hour explaining, <laughs> I don't fully believe in this Atlético Madrid side yet. So, and I think I think Rio are still playing really well, and Rio went out and and gave Sevilla a heck of a game on on Sunday. They did, and yeah, they, yeah, they they played well, and 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 I think that Atlético or sorry, Rio are probably in a position now where they've got basically nothing to lose really and they they're 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 they probably actually enjoy playing against Atletico sit 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 deep and 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 Atlet and Rio will have a chance to kind of play a bit of football against them so yeah I, I, I wouldn't rule out a, an upset here at all 
key man for for Ryle is probably got to be Oscar Trejo, right? Nine assists this season uh, has probably been their their best performer, all con- all things considered, and a captain. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been amazing for Rio this season. Um, I really like Santi Comasagna, Fran Garcia on the left. Uh, uh, on the left, uh, who, who actually? Fran Garcia. Oh, there's a good. That's the one. I. I uh, do you know the way you find out something about about in, in football? Fran Garcia, Rio's left back, who used to play le- left back for Real Madrid, is a cousin of the one and only Coke. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coke is from Vallecas, yep. and Fran Garcia. Oh, well, 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 sorry, that doesn't have anything to do with it. But Fran Garcia is is um, yeah, he's a cousin of Coke, and huh, very interesting. Yeah, Small world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, good, uh, good footballing family. But I think this, I think this will be a, a tough game for Atleti at, at a. Sorry. What's sorry. <laughs> I just clicked on Frank Garcia's transfer market page and I was greeted by some dance techno music. <laughs> yeah, I like how they auto-play those videos whenever you try to navigate anywhere on their website. Yeah, yeah. It's a very fun Wild. surprise. Um, I'm predicting Bebe is going to score a worldie in this game just as he did uh, against Betis in the Cup and a, and probably a draw. I'm thinking 1-1 here. It's, it's a tough turnaround and Atleti are still shorthanded. It was an enormous effort expended on Tuesday night at Old Trafford. Now they have to fly back to Vallecas where Rio have eight of their nine league wins this season. Tough one. Wouldn't be surprised if Atleti dropped points here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. I thought you meant when you said an upset, you meant Atletico beating Rio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dig. That's, that's no, the uh, mighty Rio. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, ju- I just look at Frank Garcia here and apparently he's a second cousin. He was asked... He was asked if he was a cousin of Koke, and he said he's a second cousin of Koke. Yeah, apparently. So that's uh, for uh, for all the people who are still listening uh, <laughs> and who haven't switched off yet. That's that's uh, there you are. So uh, you probably see uh, them going head to head on at the weekend. What what day is it? Saturday. That's a Saturday night game. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so Saturday night is a family affair in Vallecas. Yes. Interesting. Familial notes. Uh, and Frank Garcia has been one of their most consistent performers this year, too. Yeah, he's been excellent. Excellent left back. And I, I would imagine, given actually Rayo's form in the first half of the season and the way that Rayola has been playing, I think that Rayo Vallecano are going to... I don't know what they're going to do in the summer and, and what the story is the, with the owner who's... Um, A real piece of work. Uh, persona non grata in, mm-hmm. uh, in the stadium. But uh, uh, according to if you ask the fans but um, he yeah a lot of those players are probably going to be like Frank Garcia is good enough to play for like a, a Valencia Santi Comasagna too Oscar Valentin too has been excellent I think um, Isi Palason definitely good enough to play for a, a um, maybe a I don't know, Villarreal, I mean, a team, maybe someone a little bit higher up the up the pecking order than 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 Rio. So yeah, they've had some excellent performances this season, and Areola is the man to thank for that because they're playing a very distinct style and it's very um, pleasing on the eye. Does Areola stay past this season, or do you think a bigger club could pluck him? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting in the summer actually. If if we'll see what happens, obviously. But back when I thought that Simeone might be going, uh, I thought maybe Marcelino to Atletico and then Iraola to Athletic Club because he obviously played there for yeah. many 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 years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of thinking that or. But I would imagine Iriola is is probably gone this summer, definitely. Yeah, you just got to imagine at some point he manages Athletic if he continues this trajectory. At some point he will. Oh yeah, well if if the job was open this summer, he'd be. Ta- I think he would take it. Mm. But Marcelino obviously is there, and he's doing incredible. I think he's doing an excellent job with Athletic Club. So yeah, I don't know. But if if it was to open up today, uh, today, um, at in the summer, I think he would. He would be the the the. Uh, leading candidate to take over. Well, we will have Saturday night action at Vallecas between Areola, Simeone, Rio, and Atletico. That uh, closes Saturday's action in La Liga. Atleti still have a a slim two-point edge over Betis in the race for top four. Uh, the title race pretty much done and dusted with Madrid now 10 points clear of Sevilla. Do you think Sevilla can be caught for second? Because I think they do. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. I, we, we we spoke about this again. Sevilla are just a team that don't blow anyone out of the water. So, or yes, they don't blow anyone out of the water. So I think that um, like that game against Rio, like one all, there's there's just too many draws in them. As yeah. they, like they they keep things too close, and when you keep things too close, you're um. There's a there's a there's a much bigger chance of you get, of you of you drawing games like um, and I think that that's, that probably will come back to bite them by the by the end of the season. Yeah, they've got 11 draws from 28 games. Can't win a title with that kind of form. No, no, no. That's a lot of stalemates. But in the in the meantime, we will be back this weekend to talk about this game. And in the interim, thank you all for listening to this edition of Colt Schneero Chat. Robbie, thank you for joining me. No worries, and, and at the weekend I'll try to be a little bit more positive. <laughs> try to m- maybe meditate before the before we start the podcast. Do some and, stretching, uh, yeah. some mental exercises. Yeah, just just realign my center and find my chi. And there you go. You know, <laughs> a little meditation never hurt nobody. Uh, but but if Atletico beat Rio, you might not be in a very good mood. That is a distinct possibility. Yeah, yeah, you'd be trying to call me on Skype and my computer would have been thrown out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, a delay yeah, in programming, but we will be back this weekend to talk about Rio and Atletico. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you keep it on into the Calderon.com, uh, our Twitter page as well, patreon.com slash Chat for bonus goodies. You can also subscribe to the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network on Spotify where you get the most recent episodes of Colch Nero Chat and our sister program, the Partido a Partido pod. Last thing, Robbie. Uh, Atleti's under-19s are in the Youth League semifinal now. They beat Dortmund 1-0 earlier today. Uh, and classic shithousery. Three shots, two on target. The only goal was a penalty. Beautiful. Now that is beautiful, Simeone. Yes. <laughs> Just wonderful stuff. I think they're playing Salzburg in the last four of the Youth League. First time they've ever made it that far, so congrats to them. Nice, I might actually try and go to that. Oh, yeah, yes, that would be great. Yeah, do a live podcast on site. On site, we might have to do video for that one. I mean, yeah, yeah. Eyes emoji. We'll but, try, we'll try. But in the, in the meantime, thank you all again for listening. Adios.